I believe that as a as an older leader, don't think about retiring. Think about legacy. When you are at a place in your life when you're saying, okay, it's no longer about me. It's about serving someone else. Uh, it's the it's the most dramatic legacy that you can leave. Imagine a full career spanning decades, success, tons of experience, then what? And that's exactly where ECFA's Harold Moore was. And I just want to interject that Harold might be the most overqualified executive administrator ever, but we want to share the story of how the Lord led him to ECFA. So ECFA's president, Michael Martin, and him sit down to discuss how their working relationship spans the personal, spiritual, and the professional realms, and how Harold's able to speak into the next generation of leaders with his experience and serve joyfully, knowing it's part of his eternal legacy. Stick around. I feel honored to work here. You honor me, and I hopefully honor you as well. That culture of honor is so vitally important along with humility, and that is the ingredients for the Holy Spirit to just do amazing things. Well, my friend, Harold Moore, welcome to the ECFA podcast. Thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's good to have you. And I was just thinking, in a way, it's like you've already, you know, appeared on some of these podcasts because of your behind the scenes role (laughs) and making so many of these happen. Uh, But no, seriously, it is really an honor to get to have you here. And I guess I should introduce you to all those who are listening. This is a special edition of the podcast. We're going even maybe another layer behind the seal and just being able to tell the stories of some of our incredible staff uh, and team who are part at ECFA. I know I couldn't do a fraction uh, of what I do without you, and that's because you serve in the role as executive administrator here at ECFA. So it's so good to have you. Well, thank you, Michael. It is a pleasure, and, and it's a pleasure to serve you and serve ECFA, and so I'm glad to be here. Well, thank you. And I was just thinking, you know, we just came through a season where we had so many conversations around healthy leadership and, you know, what that looks like and talking with so many other leaders. But this is my opportunity to say that I don't think, once again, not just all the things that I'm able to do, but truly even, um, I believe, like who I am today, would it be possible without you? And so thank you for the role that you play too in just supporting healthy leadership in my in my life. That means the world to me. Uh, that's very, very kind. It really is a pleasure. I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Well, good. Well, we've got some special things in store, and I know um, one of the things that we're planning on talking out and just bringing your story to life, this is just not the ECFA story, but your story, we're going behind the scenes, behind the seal in your life, and just talking about how God can even use new seasons, um, transitions, and ministry service like for His good and glory, and I'm excited to dig into those things. But first, I guess we ought to get started and just jump in directly. I don't think I've ever asked anyone in just this way, but how in the world did you get to ECFA? <laughs> I guess that's where we should start, huh? Uh, well, you know, that it, that would take a long time to actually answer that question, but it really... The short version. Oh, right. That. It really was, yeah. honestly, it was, it was, I believe, a God-ordained, a Kairos moment in my life, uh, and even the process of uh, connecting with you 
becoming part of ECFA was something that, quite honestly, I did not plan. There was not an intentionality to that in, in my thought. It, uh, God unfolded it in my life, and uh, it, it really, truly was a miracle. Yeah, absolutely. So what were some of those, um, again, I know we don't have time for the full, maybe the full story or all those details, but even just what would be some of those kind of key milestones and, and different ministry experiences that the Lord has given you that brought you to ECFA? Well, you know, I was, I was thinking about my past, and, you know, I'll be turning 64 next month. Happy and early birthday. Well, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. And I was thinking about the fact of how the twist and turns of life are often, even though, as the scripture says, a man plans his course, but God directs his steps. And I was thinking about how often my goals and my dreams, uh, many of them have come true, but God just sort of directed my steps, and He orders those things in all of our lives, I believe, as you follow Christ. And, and I, I'm thinking about how I ended up here, and, and it, would, it would be like the analogy of, of, uh, of a cake, where there were... Which, by the way, for everyone listening, Harold has some great analogies. I called them heraldism. So heraldism number one. Okay, a cake. A, a cake <laughs> where um, I really believe, and, and, I'll, and I'll start off by saying this, that the end in mind, I am at a place where I feel like this is the best job, the best role that I've ever had in my entire life. Mm. And serving you has been the most easy and fulfilling role that I ever had in, I have ever had in serving a leader. And I don't say that to flatter you or to butter, butter you up. It, it truly is. But it is a result of things Honestly, in the past, you know, God brings us to the table, and sometimes uh, there are ingredients that He uses to make us and mold us. And some of those ingredients, it's like, like I said, building a, a cake or making a cake, where those ingredients individually are not always appetizing or they're not always satisfying. But when you add the right proportion of those ingredients, and I might add, turn up the heat, there you go. Those, those ingredients form something really, really good. And, and I feel like this season in my life is turning out to be very, very good. And the cake is good to eat because of what God has put together in the past uh, in my life and the experiences that I, that I have had. I, you know, I started out, I was an uh, undergraduate a business. I went into retailing for three or four years. Uh, I went to graduate school after that, quit my retailing job, went to graduate school in marketing and in communications, media management. Uh, from that, I worked in a radio, a national radio network, and then for a cable company in marketing, affiliate marketing. Eventually became a director of affiliate marketing. And those times, those, it was about a nine-year period when that took place and and I was I was a product of my culture and probably my upbringing where I was just striving. I was striving to achieve. I was striving to succeed, make more money, have the next position, uh, have more influence in, in the things that I did. At the same time, I became a father. I got married. I became a father. Uh, all those things were, were part of my life. So it was a very pivotal time. But in all honesty, 
it became a very unhealthy time in my own life. It was a time where there was lots of just pressure and stress. And honestly, I wasn't doing well as a husband, as a father. And, uh, and it was just a, a moment at the end of those nine years where I, I literally resigned because I felt like God was calling me to something different. And I knew spiritually I wasn't even in a good place. And so I knew that the, um, that moment was a moment of transition in my, in my life. And so I call it my first come to Jesus moment. <laughs> and I've, I've had multiple ones since then. But that I was... Think we all, right? Yeah. But that, that was a very significant one. But it was part of the ingredients in, the, in, in, in my life that has really shaped and formed me. And honestly, why I believe I'm even here at ECFA, ECFA and even serving you because you were you are at that age that I was in those nine years period and there's things when I look back to and I say, I say God thank you for helping me but I would do things a little bit different then. Wow so first of all just praise God right for um, how he orders our steps the gift you know that this opportunity now and this season of life that you're in and uh, we just rejoice in that, you know, that working together and serving here at ECFA can provide that opportunity for you, just really humbled by that. But yeah, that's a great place where I, I would just ask another question too, which is having had those experiences and those elements of the cake, if you will, as you're walking through and journeying through life, how has that shaped just, you know, your perspective and things that you're seeing now in the role that you're in and the opportunity for us to work together, how have those experiences sort of shaped your perspective? I believe when I look back on it, I realize that, again, using the cake analogy, where we are all made up of many different components of our lives. And there is, for us as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, there's that spiritual component. But we also have family and we have relationships and we do have work and ministry and, and productivity. And all those things are important. But those things, when you, if you focus on any one of those things, and it becomes out of balance in your life. I believe that that brings unhealthiness. And uh, for me, it didn't end there. It actually uh, began to, well, I had that transition time period in my life where I resigned from that position and went on into doing some independent consulting. And uh, it was really that time, uh, again, a come to Jesus moment where I realized that I needed to really focus in on kingdom things. Uh, said, what am I really doing for the kingdom instead of what am I doing for Harold? And, um, and so to answer your question a little more directly, those time periods have helped me to uh, hopefully encourage others like you to think of all aspects of your life and to say, say, where am I, where am I at in my life? Where am I at in my relationships? Where am I at in my fathering, in, in my parenting, in my, in my relationship with my wife, in the, in the relationship with the people I work with? And more importantly, in my heart, my relationship with the Lord and where am I walking spiritually? Looking back on it, if I had, if, if I had someone in my life to help me ask those tough questions, I think things would have uh, at least perhaps been a little easier 
in my life, and my wife would probably agree it would have been a little bit easier. We'll have Joy on next time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, on she the could next give episode. you a totally different behind-the-scenes perspective. <laughs> you know, so... Um, so I just feel like that that's part of the ingredients that has that helps me to serve where, where I'm at right right now. Um, later on, I went into, uh, ironically, as we said, how God directs our steps and not according to our plan. I ended up doing some independent consulting for about three years, ended up consulting for a church, and... Um, Worked uh, as a consultant, but then got hired on as part-time staff, ended up full-time staff, ended up as a pastor, ended up as a pastor elder in the church, ended up working at that church for 20 years. That was a total uh, shift in what I ever thought would be in my life. And yet through that, I first of all, I knew I was being obedient to God and doing what he wanted me to do. Second of all, I learned a whole lot about the ministry aspect of of life and of of an organization that I had never experienced before, and it came with its own set of unpleasantries and and uh, but it was also very valuable uh, to in the formation of who I, who I am. Unfortunately, the last few years of that of of that tenure there were very high in stress. Were very high in pressure, and and honestly, I I, I feel like even though God blessed and I was I was able to end well in that in that tenure, Good. I realized that that there was some healing and some ministry that I needed after that time. Unfortunately, my story is not uncommon with a lot of pastors, a lot of ministry leaders. And uh, even though I give God the glory for the strength that he allowed me to walk through, it taught me a whole lot of things in my own life about value, about who I was, and not according to to a prerequisite of what I've accomplished, how many people I lead, how many, uh, you know, how big the budgets are, but it allowed me to to focus in on who I was more than what I did. So it's another aspect of how I feel like God has placed me in a, in a way to encourage you, encourage other younger people, because I, I work with mostly people who are younger than I am, but always encouraging them that, that yes, we work hard, but it's not, our value is not in what we do, it is in who we are, and always trying to keep that on the forefront. Front. That's right. Well, <clears throat> for all of those reasons, it's made you such a great fit, such an integral part of the team. God has really taken just that diversity and variety of different ministry experiences, uh, certainly in a professional sense, and the skills that you bring to be able to do all the things that you do, but also, as you said, the formation that has happened, how it's shaped you into who you are, and you nailed it whenever you said, I think, just in the way that that perspective gives you an ability to ask me, you know, certain questions, and there's others on the team that you have the same kind of, Mm -hmm. I think, relationship with as well, but to be able to challenge or just kind of ask those questions that come from that level of experience and perspective. So just for fun, for those who are listening to kind of take them behind the scenes, what Mm -hmm. are some of the kinds of questions that maybe you might ask me that would come up just in some of our day-to-day interactions? Uh, Things like, how are you and your wife doing? Right. Simple things like that. Or are you spending enough time with your kids? You know, are you are you in a good place emotionally 
as a father and as a husband? And are you spending time or how are the how is the time you're spending with the Lord in that relational, in that relational connection? Because I know, again, from my experience, both in positive ways and in failures in my own life, I realize that that if your relationship with your 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 savior with the lord is in a good place if the relationship with your wife is in a good place and with your children then you're going to be the best leader that god has created you to be it's when god it's when the enemy brings in those distractions and we get out of alignment in those core things our relationships our relationships with god our relationships particularly with our close uh, family, our, our spouse, when those things are out of line, that's when the enemy can come in and, and sort of dismantle even the skills and the abilities. I mean, Michael, you are a smart and intelligent man, but the enemy can come in and actually do damage when you are not aligned properly in your relationship with the Lord and your relationship with your family. And so I think that that is the, the grace that you have given me to ask those types of questions and the peace that God has given me because I don't, I don't feel that I have anything to prove to you. In other words, because of all the ingredients of the things of my past, I, I, I can do this job with, very, with a lot of peace because I'm not striving for anything. I'm not striving for the next promotion. I'm not striving for, for uh, better... Uh, uh, rewards of uh, uh, such. Well, we need to give you more of those. Well, <laughs> I won't argue with that. But <laughs> but that's not the, but that's not the goal. And sure. and at my age now, to be able to be at be at peace with that, and and believe that I simply can be God's uh, God's handiwork in serving you, and be at peace at that, uh, gives me the opportunity to ask you some of those questions that I wished actually others would have asked me when I was your age. That's exactly right. And so many times, just as you were sharing that, I think the challenge does come down to a matter of priority, matter of time, you know, and nobody sees just because of the role that you're in, nobody sees all of those details uh, for me more than you do. And so just that uh, gives you an opportunity to bring that level of challenge, I think, related to priority and time. And just another fun fact, too, for those who are listening, uh, we share some interesting similarities, too, and just that uh, you and Joy were blessed with four daughters, yes. Brittany and I the same, and so uh, not just in a professional sense, but personally, I think we've walked similar journey. So I've appreciated how you bring that perspective as well. And you just, you all mean so much to our family too. So thank you for that. And maybe switching gears just a little bit. I think those who are regular listeners to our podcast have probably heard before there's talk about what we call our three H's at Mm -hmm. ECFA, these values that we really strive for, not perfect in them, but the three H's of being humble, being hardworking and being healthy. And it really so much of our work all kind of comes back to those three values that we hold up. But I want to zero in specifically on humility. And this may be a little hard question for you to receive, but I want to uh, really honor you for your humility. Um, and again, I know that's kind of a hard thing to be on the other end of. What do you say? Yes, thank you. I'm very humble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here's and not how... prideful either. That's you know, right. it's, it's great. But it really manifests in a servant's heart mm-hmm. and... 
as I am talking and interacting with others on our team, I know they see that too, just the way in which uh, you serve in so many ways and you're never unwilling to help or jump in, whatever the task may be. So I'd love for you just to kind of unpack that attribute, that value that really, that was in you even prior to coming to ECFA, but I really respect you so much for that and just the way that you serve. So what insights, how can you help all of us who are uh, wanting to even grow in humility to to be able to gain some of those insights on service? You know, that's, that is a that is a tough question because I feel like in my own life there was, uh, you know, I, I believe in myself, I always had a characteristics of being a servant, the characteristics of, of serving, um, but probably not for the right motives. And I believe that, that in the past I served out of more out of obligation or feeling like I was... Uh, I needed to serve because that was my job or that was my role, and particularly in the in the pastoral role, I felt that very much. I think what has happened now in my life is that because again that relationship with God that that really has helped solidify my identity and in, in who I am, although not perfectly. I'll, I'll be first to admit that God continues to work the, work His work in me. Um, but in having that, that sense of belonging and knowing who you are in Him allows you to serve with a joyful heart. And I sincerely, in, I love serving. I love because there's no other ulterior motive to serve other than to bless someone else. And so much joy in that. There is so much joy in that. And I think in the past when when uh, when we're sort of raised that we we serve in order to get or to receive, when you feel like your heart is full, you're able to serve with with more purity. And again, it's not perfect. I think we all struggle with that at times. But but to be able to serve is truly, truly is a joy. And that was uh, sort of wrapping into our, even our initial question of how did I, I get here? I remember that I wasn't looking for a job and I was, I was working, it, COVID had happened, so all of my plans went out the window. We had moved from a, a major metropolitan area into the Winchester area. I knew of ECFA, but I, at, at I didn't even know ECFA's headquarters was in this area, to be honest. And so um, I was I was doing things, but I was actually at a place of feeling like I was aging out of my next thing. I thought, God, maybe this is it. I never wanted to retire. Uh, I always had this another uh, um, another saying. From this herald is another herald. Yeah. <laughs> Is that I never, you know, I'll never, I'll never ever retire. There'll just come a point no one will pay me to do anything, <laughs> and so I, uh, I felt like maybe that time had come that nobody was going to pay me to do anything. And I remember Joy, my wife, had sent me a, uh, an, uh, it was an advertisement for for some position here at ECFA, and I think it had to do with our member accountability team. And and I'm not an accountant, I'm not a bookkeeper, and so I I, I said, yeah, this is not for me. But this is where the Lord works. I I knew at that point. I said, oh, I didn't know ECFA was in this area. 
these jobs are not for me. ECFA is all about just finance and accounting. I appreciate those things, but it's really not my passion. And yet I felt in my heart, God said, reach out to the president and CEO of ECFA. And I'm like, this is crazy. I, I don't even know who this is. Don't even know how to get in touch with 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 her or him. I didn't know. So um, so I did do a little sleuthing, and I sent an email to you, Michael. I don't know if you remember that. But I remember it was a matter of hours. You emailed me back, and you said, Harold, I would love to meet you. Can we have lunch? And I— Well, I was going to say, I thought you were going to say, your email took me days <laughs> to get back to. No, I don't know <laughs> Without was, your help. I don't know who was helping you with your email <laughs> at the time, but it didn't. Uh, but it was so—it was like, God, what is happening here? Because I didn't anticipate it. We had lunch, and I remember at, the, at that point, there was no job available. There was nothing that, that was really open. But I remember sitting across the table and one of our senior vice presidents, Kim, was, was with you. And I remember the feeling that I had. I said, this is a Kairos moment. And I don't know what this, what this is going to turn out to be. But I know that this man, you, Michael, said, I am supposed to be connected to him. And that was it. And uh, so we had, I think it was about a 10-week process. <laughs> the longest 10 weeks of my life. I remember life. when that fell in the calendar. <laughs> year, but we put you through it. Yes. So that was like a year and a half ago, uh, a little over a year and a half ago that that, that took place. And, but I knew, it was, I knew it was for a purpose. But I also knew that my role, if God would open up a role with ECFA, I didn't want to work in finances. I didn't want to work in accounting but I wanted to serve, and I really wanted to serve you. That was what God placed on my heart because I saw in you a, a young man, a young leader, that even though you, you far have exceeded me in my abilities and my, in my work past, but I saw in you a, a, a man who loved God and who I saw a little bit of me in. And you and I have talked about this as fact that we're both our tendency is to be very driven. Our tendency is to work hard. And those three H's, you know, the hard working is not difficult for us to do. Right, right. You know, the humility, I believe you are a man of humility. I try to be a man of humility. But the healthiness is something that we probably both struggle with to maintain. And so I, I saw in you a, a young man who, when I was your age, I was not healthy. And I, and I said, God, if I have an opportunity, then I want to encourage this young leader to live a more healthy life than what I did. Uh, at that time, I didn't even know about the three H's of our, of our staff, uh, you know, but I am, uh, so, so that's part of my, my privilege, I think, of serving is just to reminding you, and whether it is because you've given me permission to ask tough questions or even sometimes going into your office and saying, you know what, you probably need to go home. <laughs> you send me home on Sunday. I, every once in a while, not not frequently, <laughs> but every once in a while, you know, so that that is just a privilege. And so that's how I ended up here. There you and go. It, was, it really was a God thing. Yeah. What a story of stepping out in faith. I think that was kind of mutual on both of our parts, um, but just yeah, an encouragement for those who are listening. It's 
there are many times, and I can relate to that in even my own journey and story coming to ECFA. There's so much of things I would have never predicted or twists and turns or things that are only attributed to God. And so just I think as we live in an open-handed way, and there's some humility that comes with that even too, and just trusting the Lord and stepping out in faith at times. But again, just appreciate your heart to serve and how that is such a blessing not only to me, but to our team, to the ECFA membership, for sure. Um, Something else that I wanted to bring out as well is, again, we can't necessarily duplicate, you know, Harold's ECFA story necessarily for all those people who Uh, who are out there listening, but I do think there's definitely a lesson here or a takeaway for, for all of us, just as we consider different life stage or transitions in ministry. Um, In your case, you had mentioned, I kind of even felt like maybe I was aging out or my time in ministry had passed and I was on to other things. There are a lot of other leaders who probably find themselves kind of in that same age, space, season of life, evaluation. What would you say to them about the opportunity to think creatively and maybe consider a future that's different than, I don't know, the things that they maybe have been told or just would expect? Because God has moved in some really unexpected ways, but maybe there are some good takeaways that would apply to everyone. Well, I... I know in my own life there was a process where God refined it. He he did a he did a work in my heart to come against the lies of the enemy because the enemy will tell us at a certain age that you know we've aged out, we've uh, we're no longer needed. Uh, we our best years are behind us, and I do think that those are are often lies of the enemy that come come against us. Um, I believe that there is a point where a leader can look, and if God gets a hold of their heart, where they are willing to serve. You know, my generation, this, is, this has always been a tough one. My generation was, uh, has a hard time giving up control. Uh, they have been leaders. They have... Um, They've built things, they have maintained things, they have grown things, and, and the age of, that I am, a lot of leaders have a hard time saying, I can be second, I can serve as opposed to being served. And so I think that it's a heart thing that changes. And when you, when you are at a place in your life when you're saying, okay, it's no longer about me, it's about serving someone else, uh, it's, the, it's the most dramatic legacy that you can leave. I mean, I could leave an inheritance to my children. I could even leave a ministry that I built. built. But if I'm investing in someone else, it is a legacy that perpetuates itself, hopefully, for multiple generations. And so, so that place of saying, I am willing to surrender control. I mean, I had to get to the place where, in my own heart, heart I was okay that I didn't lead a lot of people, that I didn't have control over a large budget, that I wasn't building the next ministry or the next project, and saying, that's okay, but I still have a purpose. And now I can invest and build a, and, and transfer some things that are inside of me to someone else who can actually build something perhaps greater than I could have ever built 
on on my own. It's the old adage, you know, let let my ceiling be somebody else's floor. And so I am. Uh, I, I believe that as a as an older leader, don't think about retiring. Think about legacy. Think about how are you going to leave a legacy, whether it's in ministry, in business, that actually actually helps someone else achieve something that perhaps you couldn't even achieve, but because you have created a foundation for them, they're able to do something greater. And so uh, it's it's all about the heart, Michael. I mean, when, you know, you and I have had these discussions and even our responses to people and how we look at situations, you know, my, my question to you and to, and to myself every day is, okay, where's my heart? There you go. Where is my heart? No, that's exactly right. And just in the same way that you challenged so well or encouraged those who might be in a similar age, life stage, season of ministry, I would issue the same challenge to those that are... Uh, coming at it from the place in life that that I would be in and, you know, just kind of emerging leaders is to also be humble enough to seek that out, to seek mentorship, to seek those voices of wisdom, because there is so much to be gained. You know, that's been my experience. And so just in the same way that you have encouraged others who may be in similar shoes, I would just add the same as well. Thank you. It is. It takes humility on both parts. We have a, we have. I feel a very blessed and unique relationship, but it's not just me. It's not just you. It's both of us coming to a place of being, uh, having humility, to each other, that allows it. And and I might also add honor. Um, this. Honor is so important, and often it's a neglected ingredient in people's lives. You know, I feel one of the blessings of me working here is that I feel honored to work here. You honor me, and I hope, hopefully honor you as well. And that culture of honor is so vitally important, along with humility, and that is the ingredients for the Holy Spirit to just do amazing things. Absolutely. I think of the scripture of how God gives grace to the humble, Mm -hmm. you know, and what grace we've experienced um, in hopefully the humility that we've brought and just being able to work together. One more just fun question for you as we bring it all to a close here, and that is, you know, you have been with ECFA for some time now. You Mm -hmm. know, you kind of put up with me. (laughs) It's it's a joy. (laughs) Whatever words you would use for it, no, but seriously. And uh, i just love for you to share from your perspective as another ECFA team member, what are you most excited about as you think about what's on the horizon for ECFA? Well, I, I think actually this is a this is a point of a new beginning for ECFA. I think that there is a horizon that is opening up for us in such profound ways. Uh, I believe that even like the discussions that we're having now, when we look at at how we can encourage leaders to be healthy in their leadership is is such an avenue of blessing that's not going to be just to the leader but it's going to be to the whole ministry and also to other ministries so i'm excited about that one of the things that so uh, encouraged me was when i 
came aboard and I understood the heart of ECFA to strengthen ministries, in, encouraging them. And uh, again, perhaps because of all the ingredients of my past, uh, you know, realizing that I wished there was an organization or or a group of people that that was part of their goal and their aim. And so, to me, that's exciting, and I'm just, I just love being part of it. And it's it's actually fun. I enjoy. It's just fun. Oh, good. Well, hey, we're. Excited to have you part of the team and that you're on that journey with us. And again, I just appreciate you so much. I know the rest of our team does too. Uh, and that's very kind. Yeah. All those who are listening today to the podcast, um, there are many things that happen at ECFA that without Harold wouldn't happen. So again, just thank you. We honor you. We appreciate you. And thanks for spending a little time on the podcast with us today. Well, thank you, Michael. It really was my pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to the Behind the Seal podcast from ECFA. I hope this story, the dynamic between Harold and Michael was encouraging to you. And consider sharing this with a friend or colleague that's getting close to that retirement age. There is close to 40 million baby boomers who are yet to retire in the next decade, decade and a half. What an encouraging thought that the Lord leads some of them to pour back into the next generation of leaders. Hopefully, Michael and Harold's relationship is one of thousands in the years to come. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.